Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Chasen with Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW's TV show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by FlintHillsAuto.com. I am Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com, and the man to my right is Scott Chasen of Fog.net. It's bull time. Mm-hmm. It's bull time. You know what that is? Yeah. I, I, again, I've never covered one of these, so no, I, I don't. A bowl of cereal? I had that for yes, breakfast. That's so delicious. Delicious. You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show, on Twitter at the drive 13, and of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions at the drive show.com. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of the drive, it's okay. You can listen to an audio-only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast to go powercat.com and fog.net so your world isn't over. Mm. And we start things off with our two-minute drill. And of course, our two-minute drill is sponsored by Hula Hands. They've been expecting you. Now, let's eat. K-State's bowl matchup is now official. The Wildcats will take on Navy in the Liberty Bowl in Memphis on the day of New Year's Eve. Fitz, how did the 8-4 Wildcats end up in this game? Well, it is interesting. I mean, there was a four-way tie for third. The top two teams did get into the New Year's Six Bowls. Oklahoma, of course, into the playoff. But K-State at 8-4 ended up in the final bowl slot for the Big 12. And here's really the the strongest argument for why K-State shouldn't have ended up there. Two of them. One, they just beat Iowa State. They just handled Iowa State. And Iowa State ends up in the second slot going to uh, Orlando in the Camping World Bowl to play Notre Dame. And they're coming off a loss and with a 7-5 record. Also, there is only one college football team in the entire United States with a win over a, one of the four playoff teams, and that's Kansas State. And yet they slipped all the way to the last bowl slot for the conference. So I think fans are a little bit disappointed it wasn't the Alamo Bowl, which of course Texas got because they're Texas. They can fire coaches and they can uh, basically give up on their season and they still get the best bowl slot available. It's just the way the conference is and probably always will be. Iowa State's a little bit of head scratcher there. Uh, they will sell a lot of tickets. Maybe that's what it was about for the Camping World Bowl. I don't know. And oh, I, honestly, I think K-State, given the choice between going the uh, Texas Bowl and playing Texas A&M, who they played last time they were there, or going to Liberty and playing Navy, they might have wanted that. I don't know. I know fans are upset. I don't know if the team's disappointed. Uh, but it just seemed another little slight to Kansas State. But so be it. Here's the game. You need to go win it. They need to make a statement. And they have an opportunity against the midshipmen to get win number nine on the season. Yeah, an optimist view. I mean, think about where K-State was before the season. No, if no. you know where they were now, I mean, certainly I think K-State fans would be feeling pretty good about what it. What a difference a year makes. One year ago, Kansas State was looking for a new football coach because they just missed a bowl. And now they're complaining about the bowl they ended up in. So it's nice. K-State's back in the bowl picture and uh, it's a really good step, first step for Chris Kleiman and company at Kansas State. 
Well, KU basketball had one of its best defensive performances in years against Colorado on Saturday. Scott, how good is this KU defense right now? Well, it's really good. It, it is the best defense, and Bill Self has already said this, which very rare for him to praise a team uh, at this early in the year. Usually, uh, this is about the point he's challenging the players and calling them soft, his favorite four-letter word. Well, one of them. But uh, no, this he's already <laughs> elevated the defense of this team above that of each of the last two years. I, I would go ahead and elevate it over each of the last three years and say, uh, top to bottom, this team can be, if not his best defensive team in his time at Kansas, which obviously a bunch to choose from. It seemed like KU ranked top five nationally in field goal percentage defense half the time, maybe in each of his first 10 years. And they had a streak where they were ranked like number one or number two in that category, field goal percentage defense again, uh, over and over. But no, this team top to bottom is set up to defend uh, modern offenses, especially when they play small. Uh, it starts with who they have out on the perimeter. Devon Dotson, uh, KU's point guard. Everyone knows what he can do on the offensive end. Everyone knows he's fast. He shut down Marcus Howard last year, who's obviously a very talented scorer for Marquette, a guy who has gone off, I think, multiple 40-point games, if not reaching the 50-point game at one point in his college career. You have, Marcus, you, you have Marcus Garrett, who uh, might be the best defensive player in the Big 12, one of the best defenders in the conference. He's, uh, If I had to guess Bill Self's favorite player on not only this team, maybe last year's team too, it would be him because of the way he plays defense. And then you've got guys like Ochai Abaji, Tristan and Aruna, who could just overwhelm you with length. The missing piece has been Isaiah Moss, and I know we talked about him, Fitz, uh, on the last show. He's known for his three-point shooting, but ever since he started to get healthy, he's made more plays defensively. Can you help Colorado? This, these were the shooting lines. 30% from the field, 20% from three with 17 forced turnovers. To do that to a top 20 oh. team, I don't care who you are. I don't care who you're playing. It's remarkable. They probably should have won by more. Both coaches actually said that after the game. This KU defense is scary good. Yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, when Bill Self's got that rim protector, he, that's his defense. That's how he gets things set. And then everything is, you've got good perimeter guys. They can take chances because you've mm -hmm. got the back end covered with the rim protector. That, that's a great point. I didn't even mention Yudoka Azubuki, David McCormick, Silvio DeSosa. Not only do they have rim protection, but they have fouls. They yeah. can give fouls. They can have a guy get into foul trouble and still be fine. Very good. The Big 12 Bowls are set. Oklahoma will play LSU in the Peach Bowl, one of the playoff semifinals. Baylor meets Georgia in the Sugar Bowl, while Texas plays Utah in the Alamo Bowl. Iowa State was picked to play Notre Dame in the Camping World Bowl, and Oklahoma State will play Texas A&M in the Texas Bowl. But the uh, OU game is the big one. Fitz, Oklahoma, any shot against LSU? Uh, no, not really. The next, <laughs> next topic. Uh, yeah, you know, they do. They do. I think the Big 12 is being a little bit undervalued here. If you go back early in the season, LSU won at Texas. Texas, it was fairly comfortable. I mean, it wasn't a total blowout. Got but close now, late. Yeah, but mm -hmm. now that we see the season, we understand Texas really wasn't that good of a team. Uh, and I don't think they were even back then. So uh, I think maybe Oklahoma has a little bit better shot than people appreciate. That Oklahoma defense has to be the good version of itself. Uh, this is a very diverse um, LSU offense, they can do a lot of things, and of course, Joe Burrow will have the Heisman Trophy in his back pocket. Um, I tell you what, it's going to be very entertaining. This is going to be a better game, I think, than people suspect, but LSU is really good. 
Scott, I, I really believe that we have two of the best modern college football teams in LSU and Ohio State this year. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I, I think you could have gone either way for, for that number one spot. I personally would have gone with Ohio State. I think what they did over the course uh, of the year, blowing teams out and, and teams we didn't at the time know would be good, uh, like Cincinnati. I think they beat them 42 to nothing in non-conference play. I think you saw it all year with them. That being said, I, I go back to that Big 12 championship game. I think we talked about how maybe Baylor would have be more set up up, I guess, for success in a playoff setting. And, man, the opportunity was there for Baylor to beat Oklahoma, even with a backup quarterback, even with Charlie Brewer out. They had a fourth down. It was a fourth and two, fourth and three inside the red zone. Three minutes left. They kicked the field goal to tie the game. They give Oklahoma the chance to tie or to win the game at the end of the game and then have to deal with overtime. Would have liked to see him go for it and see what happens. You score a touchdown there. You are heading to the college football playoff. Of course, they didn't know that at the time. They didn't know how certain results it's like Wisconsin we're going to shake out later in the day but uh, I, I don't give him much of a chance I, th- I think you're right though it may be a little closer than some people think I think Baylor against Georgia in the Sugar Bowl is the big game for the conference because Georgia was in I mean everyone wanted Georgia in over a big 12 team they want that second SEC team if Baylor can go handle Georgia I think it makes a real statement about yeah. the conference now a quick look at your poll question results and poll questions are brought to you by film and 11 your go fast look good play hard at custom shop well, last week's question was, who should be named the Big 12 Football Coach of the Year? We see the results. Baylor's Matt Rule taking 40% of the vote. Chris, what a bunch of homers. <laughs> Chris Kleiman, Kansas State, 40%. OU's Lincoln Riley, 20%. Not who quite voted? on board with that 20%. Who voted for C? Come on. And if you vote for C this week, you're in big trouble. Mm-hmm. Here is this week's question. Did 8-4 and four Kansas State deserve a better uh, bowl than the li- better than a Liberty Bowl game against Navy. Boy, I messed that up. Did did they deserve something better? A's yes, B's no, and C is the third answer. I, I wanted C, but I didn't have anything to put in C, mm. so that's what you have in C, the third answer. Vote at thedriveshow.com. Don't vote for C. <laughs> well, that Don't will vote. do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on The Drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Hula Hands. They've been expecting you. Now let's eat. Well, Kansas State basketball now 5-3 and three after Saturday night's 73-65 loss to Marquette at Bramlage Coliseum. How big are the concerns for this team right now? Uh, pretty sizable. I mean, this team really is struggling to find itself. It, offensively, it's, well, it's pathetic. I mean, I don't know how other way to put it. They're not even good from the free throw line. They can't even shoot properly standing still with no defense. They showed some signs of life against a pretty good Marquette team. They they defend actually fairly well, uh, and they did a good job with Marcus Howard, who is just ridiculous. I mean, he's shooting from the parking lot. Uh, And K-State really dug in and fought at times, 
and it was mostly the young guys doing it. The freshmen really got after it. I saw some fight. Uh, I liked the fight from Mike McGurl, a junior. Um, another problem with this team, aside from the simple fact they can't score, which, by the way, is an important part of the game of basketball, um, is they just don't seem to have enough leadership. I don't think Xavier Sneed, as a senior, is very comfortable with the leadership role. And Cartier Jada is a kind of an on-the-floor leader, kind of go-get-em leader, but not maybe the, the presence in the locker room or at practice that a Barry Brown offered. Interestingly enough, I think the leadership, the natural leaders for this team are the freshmen, and they're not quite in a position to take over the team. I'm as optimistic about the future of Kansas State basketball right now as I have been in a long time because I like all three freshmen, and Montavious Murphy is out right now with a knee injury, and he'll be back, and he's probably the best of the three. So I think K-State is going to be good long-term, Folks, this is going to be a long season. Mm -hmm. They can't beat people. They can't score enough. If you can't make free throws, that's why they lost to Pitt. They were 3 of 13 from the free throw line. I mean, that's just inexcusable. And those are the things that this team's doing right now. They will get better. Mm -hmm. But the conference is going to be good, too. And it's going to be really tough for this team to overcome that. Given the success Kansas State basketball has had last few seasons, how, how, I guess, prepared do you think fans are for them to maybe take a step back and not have one of those seasons? Well, I'm not a big fan of this reset every four years. I think that you should have some consistency to your program and not consistently be uh, load up and be good every three, four years and then step back. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure fans are really, you know, Bruce Weber's had success. He's just coming off a Big 12 title. He's got some rope. But I think people, by the end of Big 12 season, if this continues, I think mm -hmm. they're going to be a little bit upset. Well, Ochi Abaji had his best game of the season on Saturday against Colorado, scoring 20 points with a career best 12 rebounds. It's not a bad day at the office. <laughs> Scott, when he's on, how does it affect KU ceiling? Well, he, he's a wild card, and he's been a wild card. Basically, since he had his red shirt pulled, Kansas City native, this was a guy who uh, basically started the year great, played seven or eight really strong, solid games. You see his athleticism. One of his, I believe, the first basket of his career, uh, they ran a lob play for him to get an easy dunk, and they've been running some of those plays kind of over and over this year. The Jayhawks haven't always looked for him. They haven't always found him, and even in this game on Saturday against Colorado, a win where pretty much everyone played well and everything went right. He actually missed a, a wide open dunk on one of those lob plays. He had a three pointer that he took that Phil Self was unhappy with, but uh, for the most part, he was magnificent. I, I think when he is making shots from the outside, uh, he really makes things difficult for opponents because uh, when Marcus Garrett is on the floor, teams are going to sag off of him. When you're playing four guards, uh, teams are going to choose him. And they're going to look at him and say, we're the guy, we're, he's the guy we're going to back off. Ochai Abaji has a big enough sample on his career of not making three-point shots that if he comes out and doesn't make the first or second, teams will start to drop off him too. Now all of a sudden, they're really only guarding three guys in, uh, on the perimeter or two guys on the perimeter, one inside. They're able to pack the paint. They're able to make life difficult for Yudoka Azubuki. So I think it completely changes the dynamic of the offense, especially because you're not becoming over-reliant on a guy like Isaiah Mosh. You're not becoming over-reliant on a guy like Devon Dotson. And if you can't get the ball inside and score, you don't have to force it. You have that kind of other threat uh, who can score, who can add all those dimensions. You've seen it at Kansas State. When you have multiple good players, yeah. it, it helps you out just because you never know which one of them is going to have that type right. of game. You, you just can't cheat off of people. And if you do, you're going to end up paying for it. When you've got a guy who can shoot it from the outside and is an athlete, mm -hmm. go go run out at him. He's going to go around you. It's just really hard to defend those guys. And, and I would say the last thing about Ochoa Abaji is he's really improved as a ball handler. You're not going to get him see the get the chance to 
to do that really this year with Devon Dotson, probably next year with Bryce Thompson coming in as a freshman, Marcus Garrett returning for his senior year, and if Devon Dotson were to come back, although I don't expect that. But he's definitely made a stride in that area, so consistency, the biggest thing for him, and Bill Self's message, just don't think, just play. That's what I do. And now let's step out of bounds. Oregon would likely be playing in the college football playoff if not for a loss to Auburn to start the year when it was shorthanded, too. Does this make it clear it's best to schedule cupcakes in the non-conference play? And I do like cupcakes. Yeah, cupcakes are delicious. Mm -hmm. Good cupcakeries yeah. around. Uh, that being said, look, I would have loved, this would have never happened in a million years, and I'm not realistically suggesting this should have happened. I would have loved if the committee would have put Oregon in and when asked about it said, well, they played a tough non-conference game. You want to get in, you know, have a hard schedule. I mean, that's what college basketball did for years with the NCAA tournament. Teams with more losses got seeding that was favorable, and they would say, well, hold on, this team lost nine games, this other team lost four. They'd say, well, this team's strength of schedule was number one in the nation. KU made a living off that, you know, playing one of the most difficult non-conference schedules over and over and over, at least before it changed from RPI to the net. So, yeah, look, the way the system is set up, you shouldn't play those types of teams preseason you see the teams that do that slip up it, it really costs them Oregon's problem wasn't that it lost Auburn it was that it lost Arizona yeah. State this, the second and then, this happens over and over mm -hmm. I mean you want to look at it you know team losing on the road to Illinois or team losing at home to South Carolina those bad losses always stick out to me even if you've played a really good schedule yeah I think the end of the year what, what was it sixth in the final ranking so they were close and Georgia I think two losses I'll tell you five. what the one thing that I was I wasn't upset, but I was just miffed about was the fact that the committee put Virginia so high and got them into the Orange Bowl so they could slot in there as the ACC when, honestly, Utah belonged in that. Even if it's not an ACC team, Utah was good enough to be in the New Year's Six and just because they went from winning and being in the playoff to sliding out of all of those bowls, kind of a little bit like 98 with the Cats, not yeah. quite as painful. You think they would have put them in the playoff? I, I, I think they would have found any excuse possible to get Oklahoma in and there. That's why we need 18. <laughs> if you're a champion of a, one of the big conferences, you're in. Yeah. Well, now let's hear from the fans. And our fan question this week is... Don't you guys deserve a better set than a rejected kitchen table and a couple of not on chairs? That's from Michael in Topeka. Michael, this is a good question. Now, we, we really like uh, everything here at WIBW. Love it. Uh, we, if you can see a uh, little chipping on the edge there, um, we do want to make a, a request for some better furniture. And the not on chairs, that was. That was Tom, Tom mm. Keegan. He would just gnaw on chairs. It was weird. I asked him to stop, and he wouldn't stop. Yeah. So here we are. I had to get rid of him bringing a, a human being. Yeah, well, blue-collar show. We bring our lunch pail every day. Don't complain. I bring two. <laughs> nice. Remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. And when we return, the Tim Fitzgerald Comedy Hour will continue <laughs> on The Drive. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. 
Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now it's time to look at the predictions, and our predictions are brought to you by Vanderbilt, your work boot center. Remember to make your weekly predictions over at thedriveshow.com. And let's look at the last week's results. And, and you know what this is, Scott? Mm. <laughs> That's footsteps. Viewers, we're coming for you. We're coming. We're catching up on you one mm. game at a time. You went one and two last week. Why? Because you had too much faith in Oklahoma. Too much faith in Oklahoma. We went two and one. Scott, still, I'm still last. That's what I'm saying. I'm so stink. Now, this week's picks start with, we're doing hoops now. Mm -hmm. It's hoop season. UMKC plus 25 at Kansas. Will KU win by 26 or more? Kansas historically does not play great at Sprint Center, especially recent years where they've almost lost and they did lose one game to Washington. I will take them to cover. That's a good line though by you. Uh, hold on, you're gonna take UMKC to cover? No, no, I'm take, or sorry, excuse me, I take Kansas uh, to win by more than 25. Okay, I'll take the ruse. Mm. Go ruse. <laughs> Next is K-State, a pick em at Mississippi State. Been sucking on helium. Uh, <laughs> this is crazy. K-State's going on the road. They've lost three of four. Um, I'm down on them, and yet I'm going to pick them at Mississippi State. That's how bad Mississippi State is in basketball. Yeah, I'll take Mississippi State to go different. Not feeling great about it. Yeah, it's just straight up here. Our last game of the week is this. Oklahoma goes to Wichita State. Big border war thing going on there. The I'm, border war. It's the one yeah, people talk yeah, about. It's exactly that. I'm going to take Wichita State. I'll, I'll take Oklahoma. Wichita State just with a big win against Oklahoma State. Maybe Oklahoma bounces back. Okay. Again, make your picks over at thedriveshow.com. Now it's time for our On the Clock segment. Boy, do we have some time. On the Clock is <laughs> sponsored by Carpet One, by local for a strong local community. And we start with Mr. Scott chasing the fog.net. Well, everyone has what they want to see in the college football playoff. I know some people wanted to expand to 16 or beyond. I actually think that's too many teams. I think uh, football is a sport where you don't play that many games, so you don't, uh, the, maybe the margins aren't as big, but at the same time, if a team loses three or so games, you don't necessarily need them in the playoff. Look, it's good that it expanded to four because you run into situations where one would play three or one would play two, where you feel every year like someone's getting left out. This would have been one of those years. But the proposal I would like to see is each of the five Power Five conference winners. So talking about that championship game, they all get in. You have two at-large teams that can come from anywhere, and you have one non-Power Five team guaranteed. And why I like that is I think it would make, in, in a lot of years, it would make that one seed getting that top spot a huge advantage because you might be playing a team like Notre Dame that was ranked outside the top 15. It might be a UCF that was ranked down at 22, but it would give some incentive for getting that first place game. At the same time, you have to make these conference championship games mean something. Look at Oregon versus Utah. I mean, there was a scenario where whichever team won that game wasn't getting into the college football playoff. I mean, it was basically what happened. So uh, that's what I'd like to see, at least for the playoff. Others free to disagree, but I like eight teams in that way. I agree. I agree with Scott Chasen 100%. Okay, K-State fans, I know you're upset that the cat slid all the way down to the Liberty Bowl. I know some of you aren't excited about Memphis. Uh, it's had better days. Let's be honest here. And a lot of you stopped in Memphis on your way to Starkville, Mississippi. I get all of that. But it's still important for you to go to this game. You have a reputation of being great travelers to bowl games. And you can't give that up even though the coach has changed. You need to be in Memphis. You need to be 
loud, you need to be proud. Why did Iowa State end up in the Camping World Bowl in Orlando? Probably because they thought Iowa State would bring more fans. Wrap your mind around that, K-State. You've got to show up in big numbers, you've got to be there, and besides, this is gonna be fun. You play Navy. What's more American than playing Navy? How about that barbecue too? Memphis barbecue is pretty good. It's I'm not in. Kansas City, it's pretty good though. That's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We'll see you next week. docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.